A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. On DAB Digital Radio and 1089 and 1053 AM, Fight Night with Adam Catterall on TalkSport. Welcome to Fight Night. It is Saturday. I'm Adam Catterall. You're listening to TalkSport. Plenty to get through throughout the whole world of fight sports. This is your home for boxing alongside me this evening to talk about all the big topics and welcome some of our guests uh, from the award-winning Fight Disciples podcast. It is Nick Pete. How are you, my man? Good, man. Good evening. Uh, a lot going on in the world of mixed martial arts as well with you being uh, um, uh, an aficionado. I think that's the term that they throw on your Twitter bio, isn't it? Something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, an aficionado of the uh, of the world of MMA. There's a lot breaking news uh, that we were going to get to in a minute, but I'll do that in the uh, in the big three. Coming up on the show tonight, we have got an action-packed uh, guest list. Uh, Josh Warrington, the IBF featherweight champion, is going to come and join us. Uh, this week, his fight was announced, obviously, with Kid Galahad. He's mandatory challenger. That's a uh, date and a venue still to be arranged, but he's going to be on the show to have a little bit of a chinwag about that. If you want to hear a boxer just abuse a radio presenter for 15 minutes, stick around because Jordan Gill yes. uh, will be on the show. My boy. Mm. Uh, the story behind that is uh, Jordan Gill, uh, me and Nick was, were picking our ones to watch in 2018 and Nick picked him. I decided not to pick him and Jordan likes to remind me every single time he's on the show. Uh, Joshua Boatze is uh, going to come uh, and join us for a little bit of a chinwag as well, as is Charlie Edwards, the WBC flyweight champion and the former WBO heavyweight champion, Joseph Parker, will be on the show as well amid rumours that they might be fighting either Derek Chisora or Alexander Usyk. Uh, so stick around for that. And as well as that, we've got a very special guest coming to join us as well, a man that had a stellar boxing career in himself, Mark Prince, OBE, got his OBE in the uh, New Year's Honours list. We'll congratulate him on that for the fantastic work that he is doing, but it is born out of a terrible story uh, around his son. His son was fatally stabbed in 2006, uh, so do stick with us uh, for that, all right? Uh, there's been a lot going on in the world of boxing and fight sports this week. Let's get to the big three stories. Number one, and this is hot off the press, and this is one for you, Nick. Um, in uh, a matter of hours, UFC 234 gets underway uh, in Melbourne, Australia. The main event was supposed to be Robert Whittaker, the middleweight champion of the world, taking on Kelvin Gastelum. It's not happening because Bobby Knuckles, nickname uh, 
uh, for uh, Robert Whittaker has pulled out at the 11th hour. They weighed in yesterday, they did the face-offs, and he's pulled out with a hernia. Disastrous. I know, it's crazy. They met with the media and everything, and Whittaker had said he was in the best shape of his life. He was looking forward to the fight so much, and it was about 10pm uh, last night, Australian time, Friday night, um, that he started getting cramps in his stomach. Then he started vomiting before just before bedtime. They rushed him to hospital, and uh, you know he's been diagnosed with this, uh, with this abdomin- abdominal problem, and he's having surgery as we speak. Unbelievable. Uh, so therefore boosted uh, to the top of the card. I'm sure a lot of people will think that this was the biggest uh, fight on the night. Anyway, Israel Adesanya taking on Anderson Silva. So that'll be happening at USC 234. Uh, but a real shame uh, for Robert Whittaker. He's got a history with uh, injuries and he's uh, failed to perform and be available for cards in Australia of late. So hopefully we wish him all the best and so he can get himself back into the octagon uh, pretty soon. Uh, number two on my list this week. Sticking with the world of MMA because this is massive if you're an MMA fan in the UK. Because finally, if you've listened to this show regularly, you'll know that we've been harping on about TV deals for Bellator. They have finally pulled the fingers out of the backside and done an absolute whopper. They have dropped the biggest deal of all deals. Um, the most anticipated fight between two British mixed martial artists is coming up in the not-too-distant future between uh, Michael Venom Page and uh, Semtex Daily. It's going to be on Sky Sports. That is absolutely massive, isn't it? Yeah, it's, you know, it's well over a day a decade, decade and a half since we had MMA on Sky Sports and it was a completely different sport back then. This is huge, you know, obviously the UFC have just confirmed they extended their deal with BT Sport um, now Bellator, the American the, the overseas, the big Bellator events will be shown on Sky Sports. It's only good news if you're a mixed martial arts fan and a, and a fight fan full stop because knockouts left, right and centre. Sensational stuff. Uh, number three this week No we haven't got any dates for heavyweights yet <laughs> and uh, the World Boxing Super Series is still in disarray we don't know what's going on with that even though they seem to be announcing dates but fighters are telling us that they're not participating however one thing that is for certain and we'll be speaking about him um, and to him hopefully in the next 15 to 20 minutes is that uh, Big Frank has won the purse bid for Josh Warrington's next fight it is against his mandatory challenger for the IBF Featherweight Championship against Barry Awad Keith Galahad uh, we think that it's going to happen somewhere in Yorkshire with both of these boys for, being from that county. Date to be confirmed. It's an awkward, horrible fight for Josh. Maybe a little bit of a come down after a fantastic 2018 against the likes of Selby and Frampton. But if he's on his air game, I anticipate that he comes through and moving on to the likes of Santa Cruz and Valdez later this year. What do you yeah, reckon? We, we're all getting excited about a New York date, a potential move to Las Vegas, you know, take this this uh, this Yorkshire army over stateside. That's what we were all looking forward to. But, you know, Kid Galahad is the number one contender and he is British. So hopefully, you know, it, it, this is going to work itself out. You know, there's talk that at one point that Josh was going to give up the belt to chase the American dream. I hate it when world champions do that. Never give up your mm. belt. So I'm glad he's getting a defence. And you know what? It'll be a Leeds home come again. It'll be a massive of event and it will be the ultimate send off before Josh heads over mm. to stateside I'm sure one thing on it though if he's not on his A game oh, Kate Galahad could make a mess of him because he's a very skilled young man yeah absolutely mm. he will have to be on his A game but you know what I think it's you know, it's Sheffield versus Leeds isn't it You've, he's going to get motivated for that it's the, you know, it's the big battle over there a lot of pride at stake and Josh Warrington now he can taste it Adam he can mm. almost touch it the big fights in Las Vegas his name in lights in New York City it's that close now he's 12 rounds away hmm uh, there you go, the big three this week on Fight Night here on TalkSport. It's amazing the turnaround for Josh Warrington, isn't it? 
because I'm listen. I've, I've been open. I've been open to his face about um, my thoughts on him in 2016. Around about that time, I genuinely didn't think that he had enough power in order to go make it at the very, very elite level. I thought, what an unbelievable following this young man's got. He's a ferocious. He, he's his punch output in in fights is unbelievable. His engine's unbelievable. But does he have real knockout power? Does he really have it to take it to the next level? That equalizer. And then when he's fighting the likes of Kiko Martinez and he's putting a job on there and then he's just stepping up into 2018 and the the two fights that he had in 2018, the the wins and the way that he went about those wins uh, in front of his home fans at Ellen Road and obviously in Manchester at the back end of the year, he really established himself for me as one of the leading British fighters right now. Absolutely. And not just that, one of the best featherweights on the planet as well. You know, we previously, in the last couple of years, we've talked about Selby potentially being the best in the division. We've talked about Frampton potentially being the best in the division. And Warrington wiped the floor with both of them inside 12 months. Mm. Absolutely Inside sensation. six months. Six months. <laughs> inside six months, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And stole it, didn't he? You yeah, know, yeah. he was the British Boxer of the Year. I don't care what you say. I know, I know what Tyson Fury did at the end of the year. It was an incredible and captured the attention of, of the entire sporting world. But in terms of British boxing, those two wins for me cemented Josh Warrington as the standout performer from 2018. And that's why we're all so excited about what more's mm. to come because we thought he peaked at Selby. Then he puts a boxing lesson on Frampton. Where, how far can he go? I'm, I'm, I'm never putting a ceiling on Josh Warrington ever again mm. because I think he's only just getting started. He could he's, get even better. He's going to be joining us in a couple of moments' uh, time. It is Kid Galahad next. You've got a theory of... If he comes through Kid Galahad and he comes through him well, you've got a, a little bit of a route plan, haven't you? Because a lot of people will call for Oscar Valdez, who was back in action last week. Um, we're familiar with Oscar Valdez because he fought Scott Quigg. and broke his jaw in that fight. That's why he's been out for such a long period of time. That was live on Talk Sport. Um, but he came back last week. He looked very, very good. Mm-hmm. bit rusty early doors, but he came through and looked good at the end of that fight. And a lot of people are obviously shouting for uh, Josh against him. You think there's one before that, though, don't you? Yeah, I would like to see. Obviously, you know, he's going to fight Kid Galahad here in the UK, but... uh at the moment, Leo Santa Cruz remains at the top of the tree. Santa Cruz is fighting against uh, Rafael Rivera in two weeks' time, two weeks tonight. Uh, he's defending his WBA Super Bantamweight Championship belt, eh, featherweight belt. Um, and I think he, he remains the number one. I think a big performance there from Santa Cruz, which we're all fully expecting him to defend the belt against Rivera, he remains the number one. I would like to see Josh go down that route. I would like to see him go towards uh, Santa Cruz, kind of steal that mantle as world number one before he then comes back at Valdez purely because I think Valdez for me right now in terms of ability I know it's, we haven't seen Santa Cruz for a while so maybe I'm ruling him out for that but I just think Valdez and Warrington are the two red hot fighters in this division yeah. there's another guy as well Gary Russell Jr let's not ignore him yeah, yeah. he's got a mountain of talent as well but these but, fights that we're talking about these these type of opponents this could cement Josh Warrington's legacy yeah, yeah. in terms of going down to one of the, the great British mm. featherweights and to be fair, uh, a Warrington-Valdez fight, it takes a few years off your career. Oh, just a bit. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's why you want to do Santa Cruz do it last. first. Yeah, yeah do yeah. that one last. Do the yeah. Valdez fight last. Anyway, we'll speak to him himself uh, very, very shortly. Do stick around. As I've said, Jordan Gill's on the show. Joshua Boatz is on the show. Uh, we've got Josie Parker hopefully joining us as well as uh, Charlie Edwards will be doing on the phone. Uh, and in studio, in around about an hour from now, or a little bit under that actually, uh, Mark Prince OBE will be joining us as well to talk about knife crime. Very serious uh, on the show on that tonight. Uh, so make sure you stick with us. It's Fight Night here on Talk Sport.
makes you more determined to make more memories. And like I said, I want to unify. I want to win another world title. He's holding on again. The Brooks is in trouble. Is he going to go? Warrington thinks he is. He's trying to take him out here in the second. The Brooks on stiff legs. And still, IBF featherweight champion of the world, Josh the Leeds Warrior, Warrington. It's a Yorkshire derby. Um, he's a bit of a himself, so there is that aspect. So it'll make quite a big fight for for them reasons. I don't know. I've just got to go in there and do a job. I think, yeah, I've got I've got so much to do. Uh, you're listening to Fight Night on TalkSport. Don't forget, TalkSport 2 has live exclusive commentary of the third test between England and the West Indies. Go and check that out. If you're a cricket fan right here, though, stick with the boxing because we've got the IBF featherweight champion of the world on the show right now. Uh, the one and only Mr Josh Warrington. How are you? I'm very well, Adam. How are you, mate? Uh, you OK? We're good, man. We're good. Um, our uh, Fight Night uh, fighter of 2018, obviously wearing silk pyjamas now. He's got oh, a cravat yes. on. He's got his smoking <laughs> jacket on, just chilling now, ready to watch a bit of uh, Leeds United, no doubt, on the telly or something. Is that what it is? No, far from it, mate. I'm just having a few tinnies. Waiting for my pizza to get to get collected in uh, my undies. Yes. That's it, mate. String why, vest. Listen, String vest, yeah. This, this is why we love him. <laughs> he's the people's champion. This is, why he, this is why he gets more followers than anybody else, because he's one of us. Man of the people. That's yeah. it. Listen, yeah. what, what's it feel like to be the hunted um, instead of the hunter? Um, to be honest with you, mate, I think for the... Uh, the, the for the last few years prior to um, fighting Selby and Frampton, I was kind of the hunted because, uh, you know, I was having the big fights at the Leeds Arena and I was like, I, although I was chasing um, the likes of Lee Selby and Carl Frampton, I had people below below me who were wanting to be in my position mm. um, and I would, you know, defending like, so, you know, the, the European titles and WBC internationals. So for a while, I've, I got used to that. Um, and, and, and even though I'm the world champion now, I'm still an answer myself. I want to go on and unify the division. So, you know, I look at being hunted and people wanting to fight me just as, you know, tasks and uh, you've got to get through them to, to, to achieve the dream of, of unifying. Now, this is a dangerous question, this one I'm about to ask you. Um, what, what? Do you th- what do you think of Barry? <laughs> I don't think so. we've got just one minute producers just now. get ready with the bleep button get ready with <laughs> the dump button <laughs> yeah he's um, yeah. yeah he's a character isn't he yeah. <laughs> um, uh, it's funny because I, I know I know about it from uh, the, the amateur days um, and I, I boxed him twice beat him twice and you know he would always he would always a well spoken um, very approachable lad, and then over the years, I don't know, someone's just changed, and um, it, it, all of a sudden he's got this persona, uh, this this bad mouthing, trash talking way about going his business. I'd, coming off all these crazy predictions of uh, how we see the fight going to go, but you know, I don't, I don't think he, he needs to do that. He's got a shot world title, and uh, and you know that's how we go. That's how it goes. You don't need to try bad mouth to try and get on my skin because it's certainly not going to work. Yeah, but it adds that fight, doesn't it? You know what I mean? It adds that yeah, pay-per-views, mate. That's what it does, pal. Yeah, I guess so. Someone's <laughs> going to be a bad guy on there. <laughs> what, skill, what skills then, for, for fans that don't know too much about uh, Kid Galahad, what skills does he bring to the fight? Um, oh, he's, got the, <clears throat> he's got the typical uh, Sheffield slash Ingle style. Um, you know, he's, he's elusive. 
he's awkward. You know, he can change angles, fight, fighting both stances. Um, and yeah, I, I, I think they're probably his, his best attributes. Obviously, mm. he'll think that he's got a few other tricks in his armory, which uh, be, we'll see on the night. But um, no, I, I just think I've got that a little bit more. And uh, with the, the way I'm going at the minute, confidence, momentum, timing, you know, I don't think uh, he'll have enough to beat me on the night. From a fan's perspective, Josh, obviously, you know, after two monumental wins in 2018, it does feel like a backward step. So, as the, as the, as the, what, what Barry's been saying, what Kate Galahad's been coming out and saying and kind of verbally attacking you, trying to get under your skin, does that kind of help a little bit because it keeps your head in the game? Because it would be easy for you to go, well, I've proved myself the best in Britain. Now I'm ready to take on America. Oh, wait a minute. I've got a bit of unfinished, unfinished business, have I? Oh, okay, then. And you may not train at 100%. You may not take it 100% serious. Is there any chance that, the, the, you know, the, the words that have come your way are going to keep you motivated? Yeah, I'm going to be motivated no matter what, mate. To be honest with you, you know, it doesn't matter if I'm fighting Mickey Mouse in my next fight. <laughs> that, that 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 fella is is standing in my way. Like I say, I've, I've made me my next goal is, is to unify. You know, it's in touching distance, and uh, you know, you, you, you take your eye for the ball at this stage. You know, that's when that's when mistakes can happen, and I'm prepared to do that. You know, I'm I'm, I'm so close to being able to go over to the States and, and mm. like I say, go into the big unification fights. I mean, it's stuff that I couldn't ever dream of at the start of my career. So, you know, I'm going to slip up at this this moment in time by, uh, like I say, taking me, take, taking me off the ball. You know, if I could have it my own way, you know, I would have gone into, yeah. I would have gone into a unification now with uh, Santa Cruz or Valdez, but, you know, it, it's not happened that way. So, um, you know, Barry's the next one in front and, and that's all it is. Um, yeah. In terms of minimum, it does feel a little bit like a bit of a step back. You know, you go from Lee Selby, Carl Frampton, that is from Sheffield. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's just not the same kind we're, of fight. We're not supposed world. to laugh at that. Stop it. Right? It's the way you worded it. The kids, he's a decent fighter. Stop it. Right? Yeah, yeah, no, no, listen, he is. But, but like I say, he's going to be there in opposite corner and he's, mm. he's got gloves on. So, you know, I've still, still got to win the gym. Mm. Train, you know, as hard as I can, and uh, to be fair, it, it, a bit of bad mouthing does give you a bit more. Yeah, of course. Yeah, exactly. You want you want to wait in a little bit hard just to shut him up. Mm. Listen, this might be the this might be the last time in a in a good few years that we get to see Josh fight in the UK, fighting Leeds as well. Yeah, you know, yeah. Because he's a shooting star. One, you know, once this business is taken care of, as he says, New York, Las Vegas, the big fights beckon. And once you jump in with the Santa Cruz, you know, once once Josh goes over there and wipes the floor with Leo Santa Cruz we ain't going to see him back here for a while because then he's going to be after Valdez. Then it'll be Gary Russell Jr.'s turn. It won't be until he unifies all these belts then we may not get to see Josh you, back in the UK. Are you trying to get on the payroll here? What are you trying to do here? I'm, no, I'm just trying me. to get in, aren't you? Listen, I've oh, doubted Josh too many in. times. <laughs> Last year, I doubted Josh against Selby. I doubted Josh against Frampton. I will never dosh. Lost a few quid, didn't you? Exactly. You lost a few quid, didn't you? You're I'll never doubt him again. <laughs> yeah, well, welcome aboard. Welcome aboard. PM on there. PM on. Well, Nick's actually got a, a theory regarding obviously off the, off the back of the Kid Galahad fight you come through that and still right then obviously yeah. we want to go to America that's what we want to do and yes. you and, and Nick's attitude would be Leo Santa Cruz first yes yep and then Valdez because let's be honest you and Valdez mate that's a that's a serious, that's proper you know what I mean that takes years <laughs> off someone's career does that that's a proper fight oh, isn't it definitely mate definitely you have you have one of them and then uh, you need to go missing for a for the six yeah. months to recover. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'll be honest. Yeah. I don't. 
I don't think we get one of them. I think it's Barrera Morales. I think it's Mickey Ward and Toro Gatti. <laughs> I think we could get three of them. It could be phenomenal. But these, the great thing is, Josh, you're, you're, you're of an era. You're right here now. You're a world champion amongst the Santa Cruzes, the Valdez, the Gary Russell Juniors. These are legacy-defining opponents. You know, the, the next couple of years of your life could be absolutely phenomenal because the opponents are there to actually, you know, to define your legacy. Yeah. It's such an exciting time for you. Oh mate, massive, massive, and you know the thing is, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm doing, I'm doing all this with a big smile on my face because let's have it right. Twelve months ago, like you said yourself, you know, you, you doubted me against Selby, mm-hmm. you doubted me against Frampton. Nobody was even interested about what I had to say last year. You know, saying, "Oh, Josh won and yeah, he probably found his level. He'll get exposed now. He gets into goes into these big fights." Fast forward twelve months later, and I'm, and I'm, you know, the next best thing since sliced, sliced bread going on. To, to conquer America with um, you know, a hell of not um, a lot more support behind me, mm. and actually, um, like I'm just I'm just absolutely loving it, um, and yeah, these big fights, the, the Santa Cruzes, the, the Oscar Valdez, and uh, the Gary Russell Juniors, it's, it's stuff beyond dreams. When I first turned pro, I wanted to win a British title. You know, box ticked. I wanted to fight Leeds Arena, box ticked. I wanted to fight Ellen Road, tick that box, and then I got a world title. Now it's, I'm talking about stuff about legacies. Yeah. But I feel like I'm more than capable of doing it. I'm still waiting for the fight where I'm having to, you know, use that other gear. You know, go really, really deep into 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 the into my art and find something special. Mm. Um, you know, in that last fight against Carl. It'd be a little bit weird, really, but I absolutely loved it. I loved stand, standing toe-to-toe, trading with him and, and just mixing it. Um, you know, there were times when I boxed a bit and there were times when we just had a scrap. And, uh, you know, I come out of ring after that. And prior to it, I was thinking, yeah, let, let's, let's fight, yeah, a fight with Oscar Valdez would be good. But after the the, the car fight, I thought, let's never mind that. Let's go. Let's go to the top of the tree. Let's have the, mm-hmm. the Santa Cruz. Mm-hmm. You know, Santa Cruz uh, shared twenty four rounds with him, and they never did uh, the same what I did to Carl. No, you know. Mm-hmm. So and and all of that, he's the top of the uh, Ring Magazine rankings, and you get to the top of there, you get one of them lovely uh, Ring Magazine belts. And I've already had a word with Mrs. <laughs> and she said, if I get one of them, I can put it on TV unit. <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen, I've had a quick word with uh, Mr. Bielsa, and he says that if you need anybody to do any scouting, if you need anybody to go and do any spying on, on any opponents, he's, he's up for it. He'll go and have a look for you, all right, pal, because he's got it down. <laughs> you know what? I, 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 I'm having on about that to my dad, as I said. He, you know, it's a little bit different to how you go about it, because how my dad goes about studying opponents. Take, for instance, in last fight, yeah. what, he, what he does is he, he comes home from training, and he says, I'll have, uh, well, I'll have five minutes for Carl. What, what he means by that is he'll get his iPad, he'll go up to the toilet, and he'll sit on there for 20 minutes with a Lambert butler. <laughs> studying, studying the phone. And... <laughs> so it's not, it's not exactly a PowerPoint presentation, but, you know, the studying does go in there. Tremendous. Oh, mate, you should do stand-up when you pack all this in. <laughs> you and your dad on tour. It'd be brilliant. Oh, we're, we're double acts. We're twins, me and him. Danny, uh. Da- uh, Danny DeVito and Alan Swatch. Never <laughs> <laughs> oh, legend. Listen, all the best we can. We can't wait for this fight. Can't wait Cheers, for it, mate. 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 See you in a bit, Cheers, pal. Man. Take care.
what a superstar he is. Brilliant. Superstar Josh Warrington. I'm hearing that champ. could be the home leg as well of uh, you know of, of Wilder versus Fury too. They could yeah. well have that on first in the UK as mm. a as an appetizer. So what a night that's going to be. Um, well, that was the fun stuff. I'm going to get abused now off another featherweight. He's coming up in a minute. Jordan Gill's on the show next. Don't go anywhere. You listen to Fight Night on Talksport. Listen to Fight Night on Talksport. Don't forget this show is available as a podcast, available on the Talksport website and via iTunes. Just search uh, Fight Night. If you've only just joined us, whew, Josh Warrington has taken us to the moon and back. Let me tell you, um, it will be available to download at the end of the show. Make sure you're a part of it. Don't forget uh, the cricket commentary between England and West Indies. Third Test is currently going on uh, on Talksport too. If you want to check in with that, we'll check in with John Norman very very shortly. But our next guest is also making big waves. Uh, in the featherweight division, I've got to big him up, so then he's nice there he to is. me. Here's the man. Mm. Uh, don't be, don't listen. What do you mean? You made your bed, lie in your bed. I'm like, I'm, listen, I'm lying in the bed now. I'm lying in. He's, he's my prospect for 2019. <laughs> <laughs> it is, of course, the one and only Mr. Jordan Gill. How are you, mate? You well? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm good. Look at him, right? Why, when you talk to me, why, why is there this this drawl in your voice? When Nick speaks, there's a lovely little bit of enthusiasm to obviously entertain conversation. Oh, well, now you mention it, I love Nick. You know, he's, he's one of my favourites. <laughs> Listen, mate, incredible 12 months. Um, now you're topping the bill in Peterborough. Talk to me. Tell me how that feels. Oh, it feels amazing. It's not actually sunk in yet. Um, oh, it just feels feels amazing. I, I, I'm buzzing to top my own show. It's the first time for everything. Uh, to bring boxing to Peterborough is amazing again. So hopefully we pack the place out, put in a brilliant performance and... Uh, can come back regularly in bigger as, and bigger fights. As we said, it's been it's been an amazing 12 months. Previous to that, previous to joining Dave, obviously, uh, up in Rotherham and training up there, it was one of those where you were doing the business but not getting the accolades. How important, as a young fighter, is obviously getting the backing of a, a good trainer, getting the backing of a good promoter, getting exposure on the television in order to kickstart your career? Oh, it's huge. That's what everybody wants. As a fighter, all you want is opportunity. And um, if you're not getting the opportunity, you're going to be frustrated. You're going to be down, and um, it's, it's not a good, not a good situation to be in. So I had 18 months where I didn't fight. I moved straight to Dave. Um, I asked him. I said, all I want is the opportunity, and he's been delivering that. I've had six fights with him, uh, six wins. Uh, majority of them been on Sky Sports shows with Eddie Hearn backing us. Um, I've had a British title eliminated with Jason Cullinan, and I've just won the Commonwealth title with uh, Ryan Doyle. And now here we are, topping our own show. Uh, live on Sky Sports, um, Peterborough Arena, and Floyd Mayweather Jr.'s cousins on the undercard. I mean, you couldn't have wrote it, could you, 18 months ago? Now, now listen, it's likely that TalkSport are going to be covering this show, so therefore I will be ringside. Can you not hang over the top rope and abuse me during the fights? <laughs> Just concentrate on what you've got to do, all right? There's no need to shout at me. I can't, I can't promise anything, mate. I can't promise anything. <laughs> when, you, when you're making shouts like Reese Bellotti... <laughs> Here he is! Here he is now! <laughs> I brought it on myself, uh, to be fair. You did, I? I you did, did bring, bring it, it up yourself. yourself. You brought yeah. it on yourself, yeah. exactly. Regard, regarding domestic level, because I think everybody now, obviously, you saw that fantastic performance against Doyle. Everybody will look at you now and think you're the top of the tree when it comes to the domestic level. In, in your heart of hearts, do you think now you're at that stage where maybe you can start breaking away from British level into stepping into that European level and then maybe, you know what I mean, having a well, little bit of a the world ranking, isn't it? This is a WBA yeah, world ranking we get with this one. Yeah, of course. Obviously, the WBA International um, gives me top 15 with the WBA. I understand that a Chinese fella uh, just won the 
WBA regular title. Obviously, you've got uh, Leo Santa Cruz at uh, the top of the tree, super world champion. But in between that, you've got European level. And I think I have proved that I'm domestic level and above but by, by beating Ryan Doyle in that fashion. And the fights that I'd like to look at, obviously, I'm, I can't look past Dominguez yet. Mm. Uh, because it's going to be a tough fight and, and uh, prepare for everybody um, as well as I can. But coming, if I come through that, then I do want the big fights. And um, as any fighter does, you, you want the biggest and best fights possible. You're, you've obviously looked at the lads at world level. Now, we've just been speaking to Josh Warrington. He's been on the show. Obviously, we've spoken to Carl on many occasions as boys over in America like Santa Cruz and the Valdezes of this world. As you're looking in and around that featherweight division, you're, you must be licking your lips at the, at the possibility and the thought of getting in the mix with those lads. Oh, yeah, of course, when you look at this division, you think it's, it's got to be one of the best divisions out of them all. Yeah. Uh, you got you got so many big names and there's so many big fights to be made. And like you say, you're licking your lips looking at it because you want to be in that mix and you want to be talked about. And not only uh, to have the accolades of, of doing it, just be in them fights because as a fighter, you want to be in the best fights and you want to be uh, pleasing the fans. And, and that's what it's all about. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, get it world ranking with this uh, WBA international belt victory, Jordan. But are we going to see you come back down and maybe take on uh, Ryan Walsh for the British title as well? Would you like to add that one to your collection before you then you know, move up to the next level? You, is that what you plan to do, British, then maybe European, before we make an assault on a world title? What's this we yeah, thing? Wh- What's this we thing? Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm team Jordan. Oh, all right, all right. You know okay. that. All right, OK. Sorry, Jordan. I'm driving the bus. <laughs> well, I think, I think the way that me and Nick would attack the division is... Uh, <laughs> I think... I don't know. You know, I'm easygoing. Whatever Dave tells me to do, I do. He's the manager. I'll fight any man. Um, but if Ryan Walsh wants it, I know he's, he's been said that he, he wants to move on past domestic level. Um, and understandably so, he's probably, what's he had, seven British title fights yeah. now. Mm. Um, however many defences, he, he's proved himself above and beyond that level. So if he wants to move up, he probably will. Uh, if he wants to fight, we, we probably will fight. But... Um, for me, I, I'd like I'd like any fight. I mean, I'm I'm focusing on Dominguez. There's uh, Ryan Walsh for the British. There's Kiko Martinez for the European, which is like the ideal fight for me. Yeah. He's obviously a former world champion. He's a massive name. I'd love to bring him over to Peterborough Arena and to give him whiplash. And um, you know that <laughs> yes. that'd be something I'd love to do. Now, now listen. Propel, that that win would propel me on to, to world level. No, I'd agree with that. Now, listen, before we let you clear off and uh, enjoy your Saturday night, obviously, um, it is Jordan the Thrill Gill. We know what the ring walk is. I'll just give a little bit of uh, people a little bit of a reminder if they've not heard it. All right, so we've got a little bit of this going on. Now, we, we know that Javon is um, fighting later on, right? Now, he likes to come in with all the glitter and all that type of stuff, and he, he comes into a bit of Michael Jackson as well, mm-hmm. right? What I want from you, George, next one, maybe, maybe the Peter, Peterborough show, because you are obviously top of the bill. You know, get the old, um, maybe one white glove. What do you reckon? Something like that. A bit of glitter on the glove while, while you're coming in. A bit of a hat on, something like that. Maybe moonwalk your way in. Give white it white ankle top. That, that's some, it, man. Uh, that's it. glittery glove. Yeah. A little glittery black hat. That's and, uh, it. Now you're thinking. Showbiz, mate. Sure. That's now we're with. talking, Jordan. Bit of showbiz. You see what I mean? I'm back in the team now. See that I'm doing the old... Uh, what you, I'm doing chore- choreography. It's, What's up with you? It's, it's embarrassing watching you try and weasel your way in on team, Gil. <laughs> Listen, 
this, this young man, we we exchange text messages. We talk about other featherweights in this division. Last week yeah. we were texting about fights going on in America. Yeah. We're setting our sights on. We're, we're plotting this guy's route to a world title belt, mm. and yeah. you're talking to him about white sparkly gloves and moonwalking. That's right. Showbiz. Yeah. People want entertainment, Gil. That's what it is, isn't it? This man lets yeah. his, gl- his fists through the entertainment. We've all seen that. We've seen it in 2018. Mm, and we're going to mm. see it again this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm also um, a big fan of uh, your clothing merchandise, uh, Jordan. I'm wearing quite a lot of it and obviously spreading the world o- over in, uh, in, in, in London town, just letting everybody know about uh, uh, the Adept clothing. All right, pal? That's what it's all about, mate. He's, <laughs> he's, 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 he's wormed his way in there. He is, yes. <laughs> That's it. He's back on the team. <laughs> yeah. Listen, but you. Actually, when me and Nick was texting last week, he's given me a few few good details he told me your height and uh, and stuff like that so what we've done we've uh, set you up a grinder account <laughs> and, uh, you know in the evenings when we finish training and, and we're a bit bored yeah me and nick we, we like to plan and plot a little thing a few little things and uh, i wonder why i'm getting a few time. weird text messages what you guys been doing <laughs> Listen, you're a clown. Top man, thanks so much for being on the show, mate. Looking forward to uh, this Peterborough show. Should be absolutely incredible. You've definitely deserved, obviously, that fight in front of your home fans and then bigger and better things as we uh, move through 2019. Well done, Jordan. Thanks for being on the show, mate. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Cheers. See you soon, buddy. Uh, top man, Jordan Gill there. I told you, he just abused me for 15 minutes, didn't yeah, I? You deserve it. Mm. On DAB Digital Radio and 1089 and 1053 AM, Fight Night with Adam Catterall on Talk Sport. Uh, good evening, hope you're well. You listen to Fight Night on Talksport. I'm Adam Catterall. Nick Pete alongside me, still to come on the show. Charlie Edwards, uh, the WBC flyweight champion, is going to be here for a little bit of a chat. It was his birthday yesterday, so hopefully he's still in uh, good spirits uh, ahead of his uh, big fight that's coming up at the Copper Box. And we're going to be speaking to the former WBO heavyweight champion of the world, who's rumoured to be fighting Derek Chisora next, uh, Joseph Parker, uh, coming to join us. Uh, and then after 11 o'clock, it's action-packed, this one. Uh, Gareth A. Davis who's not with us uh, tonight, he's at the Bellator event, will be talking to us about Bellator, and we'll also hear from him with James DeGale, who we caught up with a little earlier on in the week. Uh, now then, uh, we have an in-studio guest who I'm delighted um, to welcome to the show, Dr. Mark Prince, OBE. Welcome, sir. How are you? I'm excellent. Absolutely excellent. How are you doing? We're good. Thank you so much uh, for your time this evening. Firstly, um, before obviously we get in um, to the reason why you're here, and I want to congratulate you. The OBE and the New Year's Honours list, that's pretty special, isn't it? Yes, it certainly is pretty special, especially when you're in a position like I was, sitting down at home, listening to more parents going through all this trauma and, and grief of their children dying, and then I'm having to think of a national way to get out there, and all of a sudden... Um, I don't have to think of one anymore. I get presented with an OBE, so which for me allows me and gives me the platform to go national with a campaign that just kills this narrative about knife crime and starts dealing with the realities of tackling mindsets on a national scale and getting out to all the schools in, the, in London. So that's why it was so special for me because it came at a time when it was so necessary as I was trying to find a way and a platform to really get through to uh, um, people on a different level. 
Well, let's talk about that narrative. First of all, uh, people obviously who listen to our show will be familiar with your work uh, in the boxing ring, Mark. Obviously, you had a stellar boxing career, only one defeat when that came in that uh, WBO light heavyweight uh, championship clash. Sorry yeah. for reminding you about that, my friend. Uh, and, and the knee injury um, kind of curtailed your career in 1999. You, uh, you called it a day. I know that you came back for four more fights at uh, Cruiserweight, but that was kind of, if I'm not mistaken, linked to the work that you're doing now. You came That's back in order right. to help raise awareness for the for the type of things that you are doing. That's correct. Now, I know that what we're going to speak about first is in- incredibly tough for you to talk about because mm-hmm. this is personal to you. It's your boy. But I want to take you back to 2006 um, because you're obviously dealing with a lot of people who are still dealing with knife crime on the streets mm-hmm. of London and in the UK today. Yeah. It, it happened to you personally mm-hmm. in 2006. I just want to go back to that day when you find out um, that your boy has been fatally stabbed. Mm-hmm. You want me to take you from there? If you wouldn't mind. Just then um, he paints a picture for our listeners as how you've arrived at the point that you're at right now doing this work. Well, painting that very um, horrible nightmare that every parent dreads, and no parent actually wants to think about them being the one receiving that news. Um, my worst nightmares came true and I realised that I wasn't the person watching the news anymore or hearing about somebody else talking about receiving that phone call. I did receive the phone call and I was on the way to a hospital um, to find out if my son, you know, how bad it was because we didn't have much news. Um, So not long after arriving, I've had to listen to the news of the the doctor explaining how he's opened up my son's chest and massaged his heart to try and keep him alive. Um, it's very difficult to describe the emotion that flows through your body. Everything goes black and um, rage uh, flows through. You hear noises coming from his mum that I've never heard before. You hear noises coming out for myself that I've never heard before as I'm punching walls and scaling walls and trying to kick and smash things. And it was, um, police was there, they, they couldn't restrain me. Um, it was quite a, um, quite a moment to actually hear that news and what it does to you. But um, a lot worse was to come after that. That was just the beginning of a very painful um, black tunnel that you have to go through where you can't really see much light at the end. Your lad was 15 years of age. He was um, a very good footballer, obviously, at Queen's Park Rangers at the time. Um, And I'm led to believe the story, I mean, you can shed more light on this, but I'm led to believe that the story of how he ended up in an altercation was that he was defending somebody else. Well, you come out of school, said there was a a little fight breaking out and my son just came to just break up the fight. Uh, He was always known to be that peacemaker. Uh, I remember stories of guys telling me when they would be playing in the park and uh, Kyan would always be the one breaking up the fights when they would kick off and arguments. So, um, you know, it was no surprise that that's um, the way that Kyan ended up going out with a mindset of young people that believed that... um, that they have that as an option to pull out a knife. Um, happened to my son one day just breaking up a fight. Um, and just with that mindset of just not 
wanting to look moist as they say on the roads um so he pulled a knife to deal with it and there's a lot of jealousy going on there as you can hear from the court case as he's going through the court case you hear the uh, questions he's posing um in his interviews about my son how he looked how he looked so well built how he played so good how popular he was with girls and amongst the, the guys as well um so you kind of get to see a little inside into how he's thinking about my son so it kind of makes sense um, you know from a, in a crazy point of view why he would um, pull out a knife on somebody in front of all the school children going home um that there was a you know there might have been a level of jealousy involved because he didn't pull out the knife before my son came along do you we will move on obviously to the work that you're doing at this moment in time to help others that are obviously no, going don't. through this in a moment in a moment or so but regarding the word justice do you feel that for your son justice has been served um are you talking about specifically with the case and the justice system well yeah you're in i can't obviously i've never been in your situation so your interpretation yeah. of the word justice i suppose um well, there's justice on different levels. So let's talk about the justice that we have down here and the justice system that I've had to go through um, over here. And I look at my son's life. My son was 15 years old. So if we try to measure up um, what they call life for him and and my son's life, he has to do 13 years before he's eligible for for, um, for parole. My son was 15 years old, so, you know, do your maths, uh, work it out yourself, and maybe I should pose that question to the public, to the listeners. Um, do you feel there's any justice in, if, if um, you know, God forbid, something happened to somebody in your family and the person didn't even get a year for, for their life? Mm. That's less than a year for my son's life. Mm. Do stick with us. Um, because um, Dr. Mark Prince will be, he's going to uh, stick around because he's doing some fantastic work right at this moment in time with various schools, colleges, youth groups um, to, to one, spread his own story um, and help others that are, are the, going through these things at this moment in time in London because it is still a, a, a major problem on our streets, isn't it, Mark? Yes, yeah, a huge major problem, Adam. Um, and it's always going to be and won't get any better uh, unless um, people who are in position to make a change start getting it, start listening, start um, dealing with solutions and stop focusing on the same old rhetoric, um, using knife crime and using gangs and pushing the same old rhetoric all the time. It's boring, doesn't help, doesn't change anything. And I believe that people like myself... I've been dealing with solutions, have been focused on solutions and getting results and been ignored mm. um, by those who can make a difference and empower us and, and make what we're doing go national and support it. And, um, you know, I think they're ignoring the fact that this is a national um, public health model that needs to be put in place to tackle this because this is a um, problem on all different levels, whether we're talking about education, um, the police... Uh, system um, on every level that you look at this there's a problem and mm. uh, it needs to be reformed education 
reform of the youth system. Um, yeah, this is deep. This is multi-layered. Stick with us. Uh, Mark's going to speak about um, solutions, hopefully, and how we move forward and how we can help um, tackle uh, the problem of night crime on our streets. You're listening to Fight Night on TalkSport. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. You listen to Fight Night on TalkSport with me, Adam Catterall, Nick Pete alongside me. Uh, we're joining the studio uh, with uh, Dr. Mark Prince, uh, OBE. Mark had a stellar boxing career himself in the 1990s, but he's not here to talk about that. He's here to talk about uh, knife crime because sadly in uh, 2006, uh, his son uh, was fatally stabbed outside of his school. Uh, and since then, Mark has been doing some fantastic work um, with young people in and around the London area to educate them about knife crime. Um, Mark, if I may now, I just want to talk about the message that you're looking to get across. As We, we kind of touched upon it a little bit there regarding education. Mm-hmm. The message is that you're getting into young people that are out and about on the streets that are thinking of carrying a blade with them when they're going about their business. What type of messages are you trying to get across? Well, to be honest, Adam, I don't focus on knife crime because knives don't commit crime. People do. Um, so even just the whole knife crime um, rhetoric needs to be killed and done. Let's kill that. Let's kill that narrative. Uh, let's create a new one. Let's actually see it for what it is. Um, this is the mindset of people. Um, young people haven't come up with them by themselves. They've been impacted by a um, society, and um, society is criminalizing young people. Uh, and using this whole knife crime narrative to do so. Um, when if, if you're to criminalise young people for carrying knives, then let's go the whole hog and start giving names to the people that allow the guns in, that allow the music to be played, that has an impact, that allow the kind of things on social media that are going on on Snapchat, that, that 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 enhance this kind of mindset that allow the groups to be on social media um 
rapping, singing songs that enhance this kind of mindset mm. and promote it. Let's start criminalizing uh, social services who don't step up. Let's start criminalizing the reform system that are letting down people in the communities I'm talking to and hearing the real stories about what's going on. Let's start criminalizing the police system who I get real stories from families, how they need support, they're crying out for it and not getting it. You know, let's not just focus on one area and let's start really unearthing the real problem to this because I'm on ground level and I'm, I have to speak for the people because I'm the one that's attached to hearing the problems, listening to young people, listening to parents, their struggles and what's going on and what they're facing. Um, so I think in, in, in every area, if we start really tackling this and dealing with this, we'll really stop dropping this knife crime gangs and talks and we'll start tackling the problem behind it and how you can create these this situation through an education system that has high exclusion rates and from exclusion you go to prus and from prus you go to prison it's like there's this strategy and there's this there's this system that's set up to create this kind of scenario and then you create revenue from this situation so you know the viewers really want to hear truth then you brought in the right guy because I can only speak truth and truth is self-evident and I see the evidence of this truth that I'm living on a daily basis so um so how so do we yeah. fix that system then that system is quite evidently broken so how do we fix it Okay, the, the, the power that I use is my power of motivation, inspiration and education. So what I will do, I will go into the schools and I will share that truth with young people. And I will tell them that you need to start understanding and educating yourself in, in financial education because you don't get taught that in school. That's one thing they're not going to teach you. You're taught in school because the school education system hasn't changed for 100 years. And, and that's why organizations like us need to be in schools more the school education system needs more support because they can't handle things what they're doing is a tick box system if you if you you know Ofsted's they got to meet Ofsted I'm not blaming teachers or that because they're doing a lot of good work out there but they're they're really held their hands are held by the systems and the powers to be where they have to be to keep going to get their Ofsted reports out they just have to ensure that they only deal with the kids that are meeting that quota and the ones that aren't doing so well we'll just exclude them because they're not behaving right they're not doing right and the whole system is, is failing so they need more organizations like us going into schools mentoring teaching empowering these young people and helping them to support them because young people go through problems growing up and they have personal problems. When you read my book, Prince of Peace, you will see, you know, the whole storyline of how many young people go through as they're growing up. As they go through problems, hurting people hurt people. So I was going to school and I was hurting people because I was being hurt. And there was things in my life that wasn't going right. So teachers aren't looking at that. School isn't focused on that a lot of the time. So what happens is that kid will just be labeled as bad. You've got autism. You've got all these different disorders that young people are going through. They're not being treated right. They're not being given the right service. So what you'll end up seeing is that people aren't being dealt with correctly. Then they're being labeled as criminals. Um, 
you know and and obviously a lot of young people are going through that process where they don't know who they are and i come to deliver that service to them when i go into the schools i educate them and empower them let them see that they are special let them see that they do have purpose and mm. even though they're going through a lot i empower them and educate them how do you get through this so i'm the evidence that they need to see that here's my story it's similar to yours and and I you can overcome and use your troubles to become great because that's what I've done mm. I've used my struggles to become a champion I've used my struggles to get through this and create a legacy for young people and others I listen I agree um with what you're saying and I'm sure there's a lot of educators that maybe are listening to this that are fight fans that listen to our show that are on your wavelength with what you're saying regarding how the education system and the school system can can be better in order to help young people uh, with with real life education rather than just academic education. Yeah. But then the question will always come back to money, won't it? it from a government point of view, of course. in order to fund projects like yours and various projects up and down the country. Mm-hmm. And we're, we, we know full well that, that there isn't pots of money in order to be able to do that. I would totally disagree with that. Um, Adam, totally disagree. There is money out there. Um, it's just what, where the money's going to. Uh, a lot of money's just been wasted um, and it's not going to where it should be. Young people are our future. Um, there are pots of money that are always put aside and that's, that's, not, that's not taken out, that's not made cuts on. So mm. well, one of the areas that we should never make cuts on is the future of this country. Yeah. And the future of this country lies in our young people. It lies in our everyday working class people that are the backbone of the country and we need to invest in them to make sure they get the best opportunities and and the best education that they can get. And that ends in having a quality um, country that we're going to have if we do that. I think you're preaching to Converted on this yeah. show. Um, Nick's alongside me. Nick's um, from Liverpool and you've been involved yourself, haven't you, with the No More Knives uh, campaign in Liverpool and how boxing is actually helping young people yeah, kind of turn away from taking the bad, a bad path and, and, and giving them a, a more positive focus, similar to what Mark's speaking about. Absolutely, yeah. I think listen, listening to Mark there, it was fascinating to, to to literally hear the journey he's been on because Mark is so far ahead of where the campaign is in my hometown in Liverpool, which is very much, again, it's boxers, it's ex-fighters coming together um, and, and basically saying no to people, you know, and, and demanding a change of mental attitude with our with our young people to say, don't take knives out. It's not brave. It's not clever. You don't need to go to town with a knife in your pocket. Trying to change it, trying to change the mentality at that level. We went into, you know, uh, Liverpool Prison, HM Prison, Walton. We were speaking to all the uh, prisoners in there. We've been doing campaigns with a charity football match. But where Mark is, it's so much more advanced. You know, he he realizes, you know, as far as I was concerned, the problem is the mentality of young people. Why are young people going out with knives? I don't understand it. Yeah. But Mark's realized that the, that the problem isn't the young people. The problem is above that. It's way be above that. And unfortunately, education nationwide, not just in London, not just in Liverpool, but nationwide, is being slashed, it's being cut. I've got lots of friends who work in education and all. It's the same thing. Ofsted's on me back. Wages are getting cut. More people are leaving the industry than ever. And Mark, it feels like to me, Mark, you know, you're certainly banging the right drum. And I'm sure everyone listening to the show, like us in the studio, we're supporting you. Realise, wow, Mark has definitely got the right attitude. But what we're hearing from the government is, and the more cuts... Is, is it going to get worse before it gets better? Doesn't it sound like a big setup? Mm. Hmm? 
that's what I'm that's what I'm feeling from the public as we as they're recognizing because I have to inform them what's going on out here because I'm in the front line. Mm. So as I'm doing the work and I'm just sharing that, it's it just feels like okay, these are intelligent, these are you know, people got letters behind their name that's running this government. You know, these these people understand about business and we're in the business of saving lives. That's why you nailed it on the head, my man, talking about using sports guys, footballers, because that's exactly where we are right now. We're about calling out all boxers. How can you be going for championships, heavyweight championships, whatever weight you're in? You should be running on behind me saying, do you know what? Let me join KPF because these guys are touring the whole of London. There's a great platform for us to not only utilize the fact that we are champions, but share our lives and tell the young people, you are me. I'm you. I came from school and, and this is how troubled I was. I wasn't doing that well in school, but now I'm a champion. Here's the focus, discipline, drive that you need, determination you need. And these are the attributes that need to be educated in school. How do you develop this for you to become a champion? And that's a champion in any walks of life. Don't have to be particularly boxing, but there is a blueprint to success. And we need to share that with these people. And that's why I'm so pleased Harry Redknapp joined the KPF. And he's pushing this for us to get the campaign out. He's pushing this for us to get more people involved so trust me look out for people like harry kane look out for top flight premiership footballers backing us but this is a competition i'm saying look boxers don't let the footballers come out and embarrass you and come out and be backing me going mm. to all the schools come out as well because we need to be working together forget what promotion you're at just work towards the kids changing their mindset and that's worth more than money when your career's all finished and gone to be able to know you impacted thousands of lives that's what people are going to remember mark what um website social media is available for people to find out more information uh about uh king prince foundation yeah the website's www.thekpf.com uh, we're on at the kpf on twitter we're on at the KPF on Instagram and also um, on on Facebook as well. And anyone wants to send me any messages, that's at Mark Number One Prince on Twitter and Insta. We will put that all over our social medias, uh, my friend. Listen, thank you so much thank for coming in. Thank you so in. much. And could you remember anyone that wants to learn more about this journey? and how inspirational you can turn your life around, regardless of what struggles you're going through, go and order the Prince of Peace. You need it for your children. You need it for the adults. This book will inspire you and help you to get through whatever it is, troubles you're going through, and become awesome. Well said, Mark. Thank you so much. Dr. Thank Mark you, Prince, Mama. OBA, with us uh, in the studio. And if you missed any part of that, if you came halfway through it, it will be on the podcast. It will be available for you to download uh, on iTunes and via the TalkSport website, so make sure you're across that. Uh, we'll continue uh, talking to some top names uh, from the world of uh, fight sports next. Charlie Edwards and Josie Parker still to come uh, before 11 o'clock. You listen to Fight Night. On Talk Sports. Hopefully you're enjoying the show so far. If you've missed any part of it, maybe you've just nipped it, nipped out, or you've just got in the car and you're on your way back home and you're thinking to yourself, oh, I've missed a good hour and 45 minutes of the show. It will be available on podcast. Uh, you can download it via iTunes or via the Talk Sport website. Now, uh, a man that we've spoken to on a few occasions, seeing as that he's been uh, in the UK quite a lot in uh, 2018, is the one and only Mr. Joseph Parker, and we're delighted to have him on the show with us right now. Big man, how are you? 
Good morning, Adam. Good morning, Nick. I'm good. I'm just, uh, at the moment, I'm just driving to church with the family. Got to get my prayers in. That's for, it. Uh, for the upcoming fight, yeah. That's it. You got to give thanks, my friend. Got to give thanks. Now, listen, before we talk about church and obviously the upcoming fight, what, what's this I hear about you um, going into the world of acting, hanging out with The Rock? You know what I mean? You're rubbing shoulders with the rich and famous here, my friend. <laughs> yeah, I had the opportunity to fly to Hawaii um, and to see The Rock in action. One of my good friends, uh, Cliff Curtis, is also in the movie, so he invited me over, and I was able to uh, meet him and see how he operates, you know, on set. And he's a he's a very busy man. And I was able to hang out and. You know, see how they <clears throat> they shoot the movies and all that. So it was, it was quite cool. It was something new for me. You're going in there, aren't you? You're doing it. You do. You do. You're going in a Rocky film, or you're doing something. <laughs> are you doing? I know that you're doing something. <laughs> <laughs> I was supposed to be doing something, but I missed the opportunity. So I think uh, maybe in future I can join. Uh, you know, being one of those movies. But for now, I'll, I'll just uh, stick to boxing. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, before we talk 2019, the dust has now settled on 2018. How do you look back at the last 12 months? Uh, when I look back at the fights that I had in 2018, I see um, a lot of learning, you know, and there's a lot of, um, you know, there's a, a lot of support uh, here from in New Zealand, but also in the UK when I came over to fight, you know, Billy White and Joshua. So for me, it was, there was a lot of learning, and there's a lot to take out from the losses that I um, that I was uh, that I had in 2018. Yeah, the lo- the losses. I know they say they say an L on your record, but they don't actually tell the tale of either of those fights, especially the Dillian White fight. I mean, myself and Nick could sit here and I think we both agree that if there's another three minutes in that fight, One more round. You, 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 you win the fight, I think, you know. Well, uh, you had him going. It was a very close fight. It was a very close fight and I would love the opportunity to, to rematch and to, um, to fight him again, but I know I have to take those steps to get back to the top and to get back to that level. Well, come on then. What is it? Because there's loads of different rumours knocking about. Is yep. it Derek Chisora? Is it Alexander Usyk? Which way are we going? Oh, uh, to be totally honest, anyone. I think uh, at the moment, like my, my team's working on Chisora, and there's, there's also there's uh, there's other options, but I think that's the one that sort of stands out to us at the moment. But so I think as long as it makes sense in both teams, I'm happy to go ahead. I'm I'm ready for war. I know he likes to go to war, so um, you know. If, and I think if I beat him, or when I do beat him, if we get the chance to fight, then uh, you know, I can I can sort of go up a little bit faster. It, well, it is the perfect opponent, isn't it? For you, for you, with where you're at right now, I know that you've obviously had a victory at the back end of the year. To get back here to the UK, to fight Derek Chisora and to get a victory there, then automatically you're back in, straight straight into the mix and, and talking, challenging the big boys for those belts again. Yeah, I think that throws me straight into the mix again. Chisora is a guy who's been around for a long time, a lot of experience, and you know the performance he put on with the last fight with Dylan White, he, he looked good. Like, yeah. He looked like you know the pressure that he put on, the punches that he threw, he was actually go he was actually leading on the cards before yep. he got you know, before he got knocked out. So as a fighter, he's still he's been again for a long time, but he's it looks like he's got a second win in his career. Mm. No, I'd agree with that. I think we'd agree with that, wouldn't we? That uh, Derek was definitely winning that fight until he until he got knocked out. Joseph, what do you make of the current uh, heavyweight scene? Obviously there's loads of back and forth here in the UK in the press regarding what Joshua should be doing next, whether it should be they should have made that wilder fight or whether Big Baby's a, a suitable test for him. What do you make of it all? I think I think the heavyweight division at the moment is probably the, the most exciting it's ever been for a while. And I think, you know, with all these different fighters and with all these top fighters actually and there's so many fights that you can make, I think it's just exciting for the for the fans. And I know there's a lot of people that want Joshua to fight this person and that person, but ultimately it's his decision, you know. He's at, he's at the top of the of the game, of the heavyweight division, and he makes the calls. Regarding obviously you've been in with both uh, Anthony and Dillian. Who hits harder? Well, obviously, obviously, Dylan dropped me, so he, uh, of course, he, he, has, he hits very hard, you know, and there's a lot of punches that he threw in the fight that 
they really got me stunned. But you know, I, I just fought back. And I think we're both warriors. But I think uh, you know, Joshua didn't land any heavy blows. So I'll, I'll be on Dylan's side. Um, what's, what's the harder, harder hitter? There you go, mate. Listen, mm. you've got to take it from the horse's mouth. He's been exactly, in there. Yeah, yeah. Mm. exactly. With um, with uh, obviously the rematch looking like it's going to happen with with Wilder and Fury. Um, I'll just I'll just see that one playing out. I'm just keen to get your your thoughts on it. I think I think we'll go. Both guys will be you know, will we'll look a lot better and improve. But I think Fury, you know, what he did was pretty amazing. You know, coming from the 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 big late when he took time off and then mm. you know abused his body and came back and had mental health issues and he came back and did put on that performance. I think uh, given him more time, he'll just improve and improve and get better. I think coming out of that fight, a lot of fans, both both in the US and, and certainly in the UK as well, um, kind of put, you know, they kind of measure in Fury now as the number one in the division, uh, just on the strength of that performance, even though, you know, the judges ultimately scored it as a draw. AJ seems to have kind of fallen down the pecking order. In your mind, when you look at the division, who, who do you see as the number one? Well, I just got to look at the belts, you know, at the, at the moment, AJ's got you know, three belts, right? And so yep. for three of the major belts. So I think, he still leads the pack, but I mean Tyson Fury and, and Wilder. I mean those those three are the you know are the top of the moment. So I just kind of pick um, you know the sort of the, the one that's right there. You know they're all sort of uh, on that same you know, same spot. All right then, here's a different question then. Who's the be- who's the better at doing the hacker? Because I've seen one of them doing it in uh, your hotel room, mate. <laughs> uh, to, be, to be honest, we all we we all. Did a poor performance. <laughs> and I'm from New Zealand. I could have did that hacker a lot better than, than Fury. <laughs> <laughs> he looked like he was enjoying himself anyway on that particular night after you fought Huey. Uh, listen, my man, I'll let you get on to church. I know it's an important part of your life, my friend. Thank you so much for joining us, uh, Joe. We w- we're looking forward to seeing you back in the UK soon. Yes. Uh, thanks, thanks for having me. I look forward to catching up with you guys soon. Top man. Cheers, Excellent Joe. stuff. Uh, Joseph Parker there. Um, listen, he's got a big part to play in this, you know. Absolutely, he still has. Of course he does. And if he, if he can get a fight with Derek Chisora over here and get himself a victory, all of a sudden, people will start clambering for maybe... A, if Dillian White can't get himself a fight with Anthony Joshua, they'll be clambering for a rematch with Josie Parker because even though it does say win mm. in the win column for Dillian White, the fight was close. It was yeah. a tight fight. And as I, I'll stand by it, I've even said this to Dillian, he disagreed with me at the time. But if there's another three minutes, round. if yeah. there's another th- three minutes in that fight, Josie Parker, I think wins the fight. Yeah, Dillian was gone in that twelfth round, wasn't he? I think we all know that, and that's the crazy thing about the heavyweight division. You know, you're, you're literally one win away from a lottery kind of cash in major heavyweight title fight. As you can see right now, Dillian unfortunately is the odd one out, out with those three guys just above him. But he more than deserves a shot at any three of them. Absolutely, that could easily have been. Joe Parker's, uh, Joe Parker's name had Joe had there been a 13th round had it happened around earlier for him so that's the heavyweight division for you and that's what makes it so exciting and that's what Joe was alluding to then it's probably the mo- most exciting it's been in the last two decades maybe mm. it's crazy and uh, I know I, I, I mentioned him there to uh, Joe but Joe said that their path will be Derek Chisora mm-hmm. Alexander Usyk is coming to this division yeah well, he's like the bogeyman of the division already. <laughs> don't he, say his name three don't times. Don't say his name, exactly. You know, his, his name is getting thrown to everybody. Dillian White, Joe, obviously, just then. Kind of everybody just below those top three. Uh, the name, Alexander Usyk, would you like to be the first guy? And, and nobody, as you say, nobody says his name twice. Mm. And the reason being, of course, yeah. he's, he's completely he, he completely dominated that cruiserweight division. I think his performance against Tony Bellew sent a little bit of a shockwave through this heavyweight division as well to say, OK, this guy's 
serious. And when mm. he comes up, his fast hands, his incredible feet, he's going to be a problem for anybody. It's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see what does happen because there's there's chat this week from Eddie Hearn uh, that your mate Callum Smith, our mate Callum Smith, yeah, um, will be maybe making a defence out in the states on the same bill as Alexander Usyk's heavyweight debut out there. Yeah. That kind of leads me to start thinking about a, an American heavyweight out there, maybe some or American-based heavyweight, someone like a Luis Ortiz, something like that. Because everybody, like you say, you mention, uh, you say to Dillian White, you fancy this, oh, I'm fighting Brazil. You fancy, say to Josie Parker, what, you fancy this, oh, I'm, I'm fighting uh, Derek Chisori. You mention everybody, but no one mentions Usyk's name. No. Apart from Ortiz, who might be looking for a fight. That's a... That's a tough fight first up at heavyweight, isn't yeah. it? Luis Ortiz. Listen, I know he's just beat Bellew there and there was the reason behind that, but I think to come in straight away and take on a top 10 heavyweight like Ortiz, who's kind of well, the he's heavyweight... He's top five, isn't he? He's, pro- he's well, proper up. He, he's, the heavyweight, he's, he's the heavyweight nobody wants, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, that would be an amazing statement from Team Usyk, but for me, if he's going to make his American debut with, with Miller tied up, Miller would have been perfect, but with Miller tied up, I think it's more than likely going to be someone like a Michael Hunter or mm. a Dominic Brazil. Yeah, you might be right with that. I know what Chris Shubank's about. He's tough, he's strong, he's game, but he's limited. He's been stepped up twice and he's lost twice. Only a madman would underestimate me, so I believe that he's going to be fully focused. I think this is going to be the best James DeGale that we've seen for this fight because he knows if it's not, then he's in he's in a world of pain. Again for you, a unanimous decision, and now the new super middleweight champion, Chunky James DeGale. Your winner by TKO, Chris Next Gen Eubank Jr. James, you're annoyingly sleek looking as usual you know you're two and a half weeks away now from from a very big fight with Chris Eubank Jr there's a bit of heat under this fight it's a world title fight whether anyone likes it or not it's uh, and it's there's some bragging rights involved here bragging rights I'll say bragging rights because I don't think Eubank will be good enough to to be world champion or even compete at that kind of level if I'm being honest but this is bragging rights he's called me out for a long time there's history there, it goes back, so, uh, no, yeah, it's a big fight, it is. Have you two sparred before? Have you come across each other yeah, many many times? Years ago, I think, he just turned professional, I think he had about three or four fights. He come down and sparred me, I'd done him in the favour, we sparred, he'd done some jump over the rope thing, I think there were some heated words after, then he went on social media and said that uh, he schooled me. So it all starts from there, really. Actually, it don't. It starts from months before that. He sent me a, a a message on Facebook after I lost to Groves, saying that one day we're one day we're gonna fight. Uh, carry on being the person you are, so on, so on. Just saying rubbish. Mm. Uh, so from then it started. From then, really, Gareth. Is there more? Is there, in a way, more heat between you and him now than there ever was between you and George Groves, or is it similar? It's similar, but. Me and Groves is like genuine, really, really genuine. Like that stuff go, uh, that's that, that's that's deep stuff. 
Liam Groves, obviously, it goes back. We was at the same club. Is that, is that what you're going to do? Come on, swing. Is that what you're going to do? Come on, swing. That, is that your preparation? Listen, I'm so confident, yeah, I'll cover your wage, right? Let's have a bet, me and you, shake now. What does that mean? I'm going to cover whatever you want. I'm getting more than you. I'm getting more than you, right? Okay, go look. That stuff goes back mm. and it's deep, but this one here, I think Eubanks, Ryan off his dad's name, dad's name, he's got himself in positions where he's made some good money, been in some big fights, but he ain't good enough. And every time, the, the, the two times he stepped up to the highest level, he's fouled. And that's the difference between me and him. I'm proven, I'm tested, I've been there, I've done that, I've got my Olympic gold, I've got my two world titles. I've boxed everyone, mm. some quality operators. And it feels like he needs to put some respect to my name. It feels like he didn't respect to me one bit. It's a grudge match. Me and James don't get along. It's no, it's no secret. You know, we've had our back and forth over the years, Twitter beef and all the rest of it. Um, you know, we, we, just, we just don't get along, so... Uh, the fact that he is, you know, a prominent name in the sport. On top of that, is, uh, is is why I've always wanted to fight him. He can call me deluded. He can call me whatever he wants. Um, it's nothing I haven't heard a million times before since the day I started boxing. All I got to do is focus on uh, the game plan. Focus on what I need to do to beat him. Um, if he, you know, if he wants to, you know, think about other fighters and and past performances, then good luck to him. I'm thinking about this performance. He said he's trained hard. He's brought on a new coach and so on. But uh, I say we ain't got long to wait now. A lot of questions are hanging over this fight, Gareth. Mm. A lot. What's JD got left? And that's that's the main one. What's JD got left? But the support I'm getting is unbelievable. And that's rare. For once, I'm the, I'm the hero. It feels like everyone wants to... Play, not playing the bad guy, not having to say the bad things. Like, yeah, no. So, I say... It's decent, bro. Listen, boxing business is a game. There's always going to be a, a villain uh, and a hero. So, uh, no, it's good. Do you feel that you, you say, obviously, he's living off his dad's name. Do you think, obviously, he's made a name for himself, but do you feel like he's been projected too far? As I say, no, listen, he can he, he can mix it with the big boys, but he never win because he's not that good. He thinks he's better than he is, Gareth. And that's on a serious note. Listen, See with Eubank, he's tough, he's strong, his game got a good chin. He don't mind if it gets hard. He don't mind if it mm-hmm. gets hard. Uh, and you need them, and you need them, you need them attributes as a pro. But uh, yeah, as I say, every time he stepped up, he ain't that good. He thinks he thinks he's better than he is. Frank Warren looks fairly relaxed, and Billy Joe Saunders looks like he thinks he knows. Let's find out for sure. Because Jimmy Lennon Jr. is poised there. Judge at ringside, Marcus McDonald scores them out 115 to 114 in favor of Billy Joe Saunders. Judge at ringside, Phil Edwards sees it 116 to 113 in favor of Chris Eubank Jr. And Judge at ringside, Terry O'Connor scores them out. 115 to 113 in favor of the winner. He is still undefeated and still the British, European and Commonwealth middleweight champion, Billy Joe Sun.
a little disconsolately. The time has come. The fight starts now. And Eubank, who doesn't have great hand movement, is caught again by a right hand and misses with a wild swing. And now, Gross tries to go to work. He goes toe-to-toe with Eubank, who tries to respond with big hooks, but he's missing. Most of the work there from Groves was better, but turned beautifully by Groves, who lands big shots of his own. Oh, what a round! What a round that was! Massive right hand from Eubank. Groves almost went with that one. And a big left hand as well. Grandstand finish from Eubank. All three for your winner by unanimous decision. When you sat in front of the ITV cameras, I think we're going to see it in fight week. You know, he said that a couple of your teeth had come out. He was going to claim all your teeth, go home, back to Brighton with, with another four of your teeth or hell front. Yeah, you can hype a fight, but he said it for a while. He's obviously seen, seen weaknesses and seen things that he thinks he can expose and thinks that he can beat me. So as I say, this is why this fight is so good. We're both extremely confident, really, really confident. But... Uh, this guy can't live with me. And as I say, I don't want to keep on going over the injury and sound like a parrot because it feels like the past eight weeks, that's all I've been going on about. Mm. Or people answer questions, but I can only tell you in my mind what's happening. So, uh, so yeah, when I mention injuries, but listen, I'm not going to mention them in this interview. But yeah, I, I haven't been healthy. I've been fighting, uh, yeah, at a disadvantage really. But uh, I can honestly say, Gareth, that I'm feeling great. I really am. When you, you'll have studied him in detail, in depth. Um, you'll have looked at um, the way he boxes, what he does. You'll have perhaps watched the George Groves fight yeah. as well. Um, watched his fight against Billy yeah. Joe Saunders. Now, in many ways, Billy Joe Saunders and you are very similar. Mm. You know, I, I don't mean you're similar in that you're. Yeah. Very much slick southpaws. Yeah. You, you, boxing is to the fore. Obviously, yeah. uh, you've got power as well. Um, what 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 do you do? Is this is this a boxing exhibition in a sense? You have to put yeah. on for us boxing lesson one hundred percent. I say to stop Eubank, it's probably going to be hard because he is never never rule it out. I'm not ruling it out, but it's it's probably difficult to stop him because I say he's got a good chin and he don't mind if he gets hard. Mm. He has got arsehole, but. Uh, yeah, so to speak. Yeah, so to speak. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. This is an adult lesson. show. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. But a boxing lesson, like yeah. my ability, my skill, my boxing brain, uh, is far too good for Eubank. It, it, did you decide to relinquish the world title because this was actually a, a more lucrative thing to yeah. do than have to defend it against um, Huskategi, who was yeah. the mandatory at the yeah. time? Oh, well, well, yeah, Al Heyman. I suppose to Al. Mm. And he told me the money I was going to get for my mandatory. For his Kategi, yeah. Then I was like, oh, right, but I'm left to do it. Of course, my mandatory. Yeah. And he said, James, let me come back to you in two days. He come back to me and come with this. Mm. And I thought, this is perfect. Yeah. He's run his mouth. It's a massive uh, domestic grudge match. Uh, and uh, and yeah, and the response I've got from it, it's like everyone wants to see it. As I say, there's not, there's not no world title on the line, but bragging rights and and. It's a fight that people want to see. Like people, some some people are moaning about, oh, it's pay per view, this that. But a lot of people want to see this fight. Everyone wants to see this fight. So if you don't want to see it, don't pay for it. It's simple. Uh, if you do, uh, 
This is going to be good. The fact that you relinquished the title, you've gone for a, a big pay-per-view event. Um, are we seeing signs that you are perhaps coming to the end now of your career? Well, a lot of people are saying, why do you keep on talking about retirement? Because I'm one of those fighters, Gareth, that will know when to knock it on the head. I'm not going to be one of these fighters that uh, stay in the boxing far too long where I should have retired and start tarnishing my legacy, mm. start tarnishing my, my career. Uh, so as I say, I'm taking every fight as it comes. Uh, and we see, but listen, if I lose, which that ain't going to happen, but just say if I did, where else do I go? I've just lost to Chris Eubank Jr. Like, it's mad, and when he loses, he's going to find it difficult to come back. So you're saying if you lose, if you're saying if, but if you're saying if you lose, why carry on? Is that what you're saying? Why carry on? Okay. I've done everything mm -hmm. in this sport. Correct. I've left. I've, I've left my mark in boxing. You've done really. New York. You've done Vegas. You've done the Olympic gold. I'm a history, man. Yes. British Olympic. And right there, you see the girl look to his corner, and he got the signal. You're up by two. Use those wheels and grab on the inside, and that's exactly what he's doing. Right now, DeGale wants to kill the clock, and he does. James DeGale becomes the first boxer from Great Britain to win a middleweight gold medal since 1968. Two-time world champion. I've boxed some, some, some quality world-class opponents. Ladies and gentlemen, having gone the distance, we'll go into your judges' scorecards. Your first judge at ringside. Dan Fitzgerald scores the fight 114 to 112. Your second judge, Alan Davis, sees it 117 to 109. And your third and final judge, Howard Foster, sees the fight 114 to 112. All for the winner by unanimous decision. And now the new super middleweight champion, Chunky James Begin. And once again, the IBF super middleweight champion of the world, James Chunky. Done everything. Why am I? Why? Why am I going to box on if I box, if I if I lose to, to Chris Eubank? This don't make any sense. But this ain't for a payday. Uh, I have. I'm still extremely hungry, especially now. Because see, right now, Gareth, boxing's so much easier, so much easier because I'm healthy. I'm injury-free. My Achilles, my shoulder sorted, and uh, it's just so much easier. It's sparring, the training, the getting up in the morning, the the, the cardio bit, the this, the that, the strength. It's just so, and I and I'm training smarter as well. Obviously, I'm getting older. I can't do what I used to do when I was 22, them 10 mile runs, uh, doing 40 rounds a week, sparring every single week. So, uh, I'm training smart now, and honestly, I can. I just feel great. Honestly, I honestly do. I honestly can say that. I know people have said it in the past, but boxers say that because they're preparing for a fight. The fight's only a couple of weeks away, so they obviously tell the public that I'm great. But uh, I can honestly say I'm feeling fantastic, and this will be a boxing masterclass. What did you feel um, last week when George Groves announced his retirement? What, what, what were your feelings when you heard that? 
Uh, I didn't have much feelings really. Just like, listen, he's had a good go. He had a good go. He won his world title. Best of luck to him. He, was there not a feeling in you that, okay, so we're not going to have our second fight now. I'm not going to get the chance to avenge defeat no, all have, those years ago. Yeah, I, I had you winning that night, by the way, yeah, by a round. Yeah. It was such a close yeah, fight, you know. Fight. Yeah, I would like to get my revenge. But listen, I say he's been pro for like over 10 years now. He fulfilled his dream of becoming world champion eventually after the fourth time. Uh... And yeah, he's obviously made a bit of money. He's like nice. He's 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 content. He's happy. Mm. So mm. no, best of luck to him, man. I've got no. That's it. Like, I don't need George Groves. I'm saying. No. My career don't evolve around George Groves, but a lot of people would would have wanted to see it. Is there anyone else out there who you look at and go, mm, wouldn't mind that? Like a Callum Smith, like a is that? A, are there objectives out there for you or kind of targets? Number two, I'll, I'll move up to. Uh, light heavyweight to okay. fight him. Uh, Would you like that to be over here this time? I'd like it over here, and I okay. think with Al Heyman with the deal with ITV, I think that can happen. I think that can happen. Uh, so does that be? A, would you? Would options, you? Remember, Al Heyman's got a couple world champions at my weight as well. He's got uh, that plant. Caleb Plant, who looked, yeah, looked decent the other day. Yeah, looked, looked good winning good, the title. Yeah, yeah, good. And arms in the air as if he already has it. Caleb Plant, the challenger. In position to take away the IBF World Super Middleweight title. And the new IBF Super Middleweight Champion of the World, Caleb Sweethands Plant. The row against that Ilderim, mm-hmm. their box for the vacant WBC. So the options are wide. So, victory over Chris Eubank, February the 23rd, um, O2 Arena, yeah? We yeah. could see, you're saying, you might well call for Badu Jack in the yeah. UK later later in the year, at light heavyweight maybe, yeah, would it be? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or or a chance to become a three-time world champion, Gareth. So, you're just going to be sharp, box hard. I mean, the great thing about I'm Eubank, as you say, the great thing about him is, in which you wouldn't have had against Truex. I'll get found out. If I, if I if I am not on point, if I am not the best, if I am on a decline, I'll get fined out. Yeah, because like you say, that he's he's aggressive and tenacious enough yeah. that you that you need that um, nervousness, adrenaline yeah. to yeah. be sharp and on point. Because you can't be yeah. that without no, it, can you? No, you know? no. As I say, uh, he's he, he's he's a toughie. He's a bit like his dad. Like he don't mind getting hit. He don't mind if he gets hard. Uh, what was it like going face to face? You, we we're looking forward to that kind of like um, the gloves are off, or whatever they call it, face to face for ITV in the week of the yeah. fight. You, they put you in an, uh, like an old, yeah. um, like an old factory setting. I, ITV are organic. This, yeah, they're promoting it mm. very well. Mm. Done a lot of promotion with me and and obviously Eubank. But what was uh, it like in the room that day? Did you have to have security there yeah, or security there? But he's just a very weird, delusional. Uh, over the top uh, person. He's just just a very weird individual. If I'm being honest, like 
So you don't, don't bother trying to work him out, do you? I don't know. I don't know if it's an act. I don't know if he's really like mm, that. Mm, I don't mm. know, but this guy said he's technically better than me. <laughs> Well, he's that's bit, not right. He's a better boxer than me. That's not he's right. He's tougher. He's stronger. He might be. We, we're going to find we're out. We're going to find out. But then to kill it off, he said he was better looking to me, Gary. <laughs> Don't say you're better looking to James DeGale. He said he was more rugged looking than you as well. <laughs> hey. <laughs> he is. The guy is deluded. Let me ask you about the heavyweight scene because everybody's interested and they'll like your view on it. Yeah. Um Tyson Fury did brilliantly over in America on December the 1st, coming yeah. back. What did you make of his performance against Deontay Wilder? Unbelievable. Tyson Fury's uh, personality, his story, his, 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 his style, I love. I think Tyson Fury, he's going to be so hard to beat. I think he's the man of the division. Really? You feel like he's the number one at the moment? I promise you. And, and, and his mindset now and, and the way he's thinking, training, boxing... See the, yeah, see the picture of him for the GQ cover looked, with the jawline and everything. Well, yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 17 and a half stone. Yeah. But how easy yeah. was it against Wilder? No, it was easy. He won every round apart from the rounds. He got dropped. So you had him winning by three or four rounds. Easy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Easy. And I just think he's going to be hard to beat, man, for every way. Just, just, just the way he moves, his feet, the speed. He's a bit the unorthodox. Length. The length, the The size. confidence. The confidence, mm. he knows he's good, he knows mm. he's mm. difficult to hit. I just I just like it and I don't think he's going to be difficult to beat. Does Joshua beat him? A real difficult one. I'm a Joshua man as well, but I think Fury wins, you know. Honestly, I honestly do. Do you think it will do good? Obviously, you've been to America. It's a real good fight. If Joshua, if Joshua lands. Oh, it's a great fight. If Joshua, yeah, a wicked fight. If Joshua lands. But it's about landing it. Like the way he dealt with Wilder was crazy, mm. and he weren't running off like that. He was just boxing. He just box. Um, what what about um when Deontay Wilder and uh, Anthony Joshua meet? How do you see that? Joshua knocks him out. I think. Really? Yeah, I honestly really? do. Yeah, I think I think Wilder. I think I think the two main men are Fury and and, and Joshua. Yeah, but I don't know if they're gonna with boxing politics and different TV channels and. Will it happen? But that's the fight. That's the biggest fight in the world right now. Um, James, um, what's your take on on Dylan White was saying to me the other day that he wanted Varda testing for him and um, Anthony Joshua before they fight. Sixteen weeks oh, it right. is. Um, you think that's right? Yes, that's right. That's happened for me and Darrell. I think when I uh, when I boxed Darrell, mm. Al Heyman actually paid for the, the Varda testing. yeah the, 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 the Varda testing. But I'm on the UCAD. Uh, 365 days a year yeah. testing program like mm. I've got to choose an hour of every single day uh, mine is 7 o'clock in the morning no it's 8 o'clock in the morning and uh, they need to know where you are they can roll yes. up they can test yes, you that's the, yeah, that's every day of the week every, every day of the year every day of the year mm. when and was that, the last time they rolled up at 8am then have they oh, for this so, yeah yeah so I got tested last week but the last time they randomly done me was in November. Mm. Randomly, random, 7 o'clock in the morning. I had no fight announced or nothing. They just knock on my door and that's it. If I'm not there, that's a strike. I get mm. a couple strikes, you're gone for three years. Or it's almost, it's treated like you're 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 trying to avoid yeah. them, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Boxing, boxing. Believe it or not, Gareth, performance-enhancing drugs is rife in this sport, you know. There's so many people over the last couple of years 
have been done. But everyone, oh, I shouldn't really say it, but trust me, it's rife in America. In America, it's mad. It's crazy. I speak to Paulie Mayanaji, he's a part, he's a part of my team now. And when I sit down and speak to him, it's, it's, it's mind-boggling, it's crazy. Some of the stuff he knows, some of the stuff he tells you, and some of the stories he knows as well. You know what I'm saying? It's, honestly, it's so interesting, but... But it's very dangerous as well. You should be banned for life. You should be banned for life. You get found out, you should be banned for life. All these people, like, I don't know, as soon as you get, there's so many, even like some of the greats, like Roy Jones got tested positive, James Tony, straight banned for life. It's so, it's dangerous, man. Boxing is a dangerous sport already, so when you're putting stuff in your body that's making you stronger, powerful, hit harder, fit Train harder. Train harder. Mm. It's crazy stuff. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone.